0: Hey guys, you got Christina Gilchrist here, also known as the Dialysis Warrior Blind Chick, and I'm here with my moosey boy, my moose, the Palmski service dog, and
1: hey, uh, what about me?
0: Oh yeah, Michael Gilchrist is here, the
1: caretaker,
0: and this is Living on Dialysis podcast.
1: And this is a disclaimer: we are not doctors. This is just the opinion of Living on Dialysis Facebook group. And always follow up any advice you have with your team and your doctors. And again, this is just an opinion. So if you don't like it, tell me yours. Bye. Hey guys, it's
0: Christina. And Michael. And this is Living on Dialysis, and today we have a very fun guest, because we're going to hear a story that I haven't heard before, so I'm pretty excited about. We have Lisa Munns here. How are you doing, Lisa?
2: I'm good, thank you. How are you?
1: Uh, Doing excellent. And a little bit about Lisa, we actually went to school pretty much our whole life, Um, and I've known her ever since I was a kid. And yeah. so, uh, in fact, when I was first a single parent with Sadie, she was a single parent as well. And we just kind of bounced ideas off each other and how we were handling it. And so, and then I found out her story about donating and stuff like that, which was, uh, we wanted to share. So,
0: awesome. Okay, Lisa, let's hear your story.
2: All right. Um, so, basically, when Mike and Christina reached out, they wanted me to kind of share the why I started donating and how and just details of the donation process. So, um, and feel free to ask me questions as they come up if you guys get any. All right. We will. <laughs> So, probably the idea started way back when. Um, you know, of course, you always hear the commercials about donation process when you go to apply for a driver's license. It's one of the questions But back probably, you know, I'm mid-40s, and back when um, I was getting my driver's license, there wasn't a whole lot of information on life donation. It was more, you know, to be a cadaver.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, donation. So. But, um luckily, I met a friend, a coworker, at my employment. I work for the government, and he actually had donated his kidney. And from I, I will say it's one of those things that you just know you're gonna do. For me, I should say for me, because obviously every story is different. some people it's because they have a family member. But for me, it was just something I knew I wanted to do as soon as I heard about it. Um, probably had a lot to do with the fact that um I am one of those people always trying to look for ways to do things for others and um
1: So was also, he uh, I, was he an anonymous donor as well?
2: Yes, he was. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yep. Right. They wow. call it a
2: good Samaritan donor. Awesome. Yeah, he That's was. Incredible. So And if you meet him, I you know he's another one, good one to have on your thing because he has an incredible story. But he is awesome and very inspiring. So uh, he had shared his story through it was I think shared through a, a email that went out that highlights employees. And so reading his story, I was inspired, of course, and. Um, it was just kind of a little nudge along the way of like, there's really no way, you know, you can call it divine intervention. You can call it just something, maybe your destiny or something that you just know you're going to do. Because when you talk to a lot of people, honestly, the reaction I got was you're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did can get see that. that. A lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Especially when they are like, well, why are you, you ahead, giving sorry. up something that works totally fine in you? So yeah, I totally, right. totally get that. Right. Yes, so
2: that it was kind of one of those things that you didn't share too much. I'd started the donation process. Um, You fill out a questionnaire, they contact you. And that was actually several years ago. And then things just kept coming up. So maybe this is not the right time, right? Like I, I am one of those that truly believes that everything happens for a reason. And you're kind of guided in the direction you're supposed to. So I kind of just kept putting on hold, and then, of course, as Michael mentioned, I was a single parent, Um, and then I met my husband, well, he's my husband now, (laughs) and when I told him that I had this idea that I wanted to donate, he was not on board. Um, He just couldn't fathom the idea that I would put myself at risk to just donate my kidney to...
0: Yeah,
1: that
0: would would be really hard as a spouse because, of course, he adores you. And I'm sure he was on board with you doing something so incredible, but not risking your life in the process.
2: Correct. Yes, that is absolutely true. So, um, you know, so that, that kind of put it on hold, I would say, honestly. And it was always in the back of my mind that. I just knew that one day I would. I didn't know why or when or I just knew I would. But obviously, I'd have to give him time to maybe get used to the idea. And um, it actually happened. So we were over at a friend's house and the friend and this was supposed to be my intended recipient. um, They had mentioned that he was in kidney failure. And immediately, like. I guess like most people do not really but I was like well I'll donate and I remember her reaction she's like no you don't say stuff like that unless you're actually gonna follow
0: through yeah it's so true I actually had people tell me just random people oh my gosh I'll give you a kidney I'll give you a kidney but it's totally just like just it's just something they say in the moment and there's no Mm -hmm. follow through so you just know not to take them serious
2: Correct. Right. And that I guess she did. So he was actually had gotten a liver before and he had had another kidney donation wow. before. Yeah. And so the, the second kidney was failing after, you know, 15, 20 years. And so maybe they had gone through that process before and they, you know, they had gone through family members and those family members were. Didn't also either didn't want to hesit, um, donate or they hesitated to test because same risks,
0: right? Yeah, of course.
2: So anyway, I, I just told them, I'm serious. You know, I've thought about this. I knew that I was going to, and I'd be more than happy to. Well, of course, you know, they went back the next day and talked to their, um, they have somebody that they work with, their they're coordinator at the hospital told him hey, you know we we have somebody that would be interested in donating, so they sent me a link. The hospital had got my information from them. they sent me information uh, a link. I went online, filled out the application, their medical history, mostly medical history, but they also want to know the social aspects, the financial aspects, yeah, um, all of that because. You know, as I've learned too, there there's so much more to it than just the medical
0: part. There really is. There really is.
2: Yes, as you know, you you have to have that support system behind you. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> not easy for sure. It takes the village. So,
0: and it's a lot of time off work, and it's there's a lot that's involved in it that you don't initially think of, but right. once right. you get into that process, you realize that. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have to make some plans.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well and luckily with us, you know, here in Utah we're so fortunate because we have two kidney donation centers within fifty miles. Yeah. Know? So we really, really are blessed to have something so close and available to us because I've learned that it's a lot harder for people out of state that don't have local access to the um, different centers that they're going to be donating at yeah. or where.
0: So true. You know, I've the heard. transplant's going to take place. I've met people up at transplant when I've been up there that have drove eight, nine, ten months, like ten hours mm-hmm. just to get to a hospital to be seen. Right. Yeah. Yeah,
2: to be seen. And then, then you have to do testing. And then, of course, you know, as you know, when you donate, you have to stay for. Yeah. I think. I think my recipient, it was about four weeks after that she yeah. actually had to stay here in She'd Utah. she like
0: so. four to six weeks. And yes. And <laughs> you're just doing Crazy. lab after lab after lab. Uh huh.
2: Yep. Yes. So, so anyway, I started the process, um, they actually, it, it happened pretty quick as far as, you know, all the testing. And I never realized how extensive the testing would be. I had no idea. The first time I went in to give blood, I think they took like 20 vials. Yeah. Um, It was a lot. And then, of course, you have to collect the, I don't even know how many, two big jugs full of urine for two days. You know, it's a 24-hour collection. And turn that in. And, you know, and then once... That gets clear because they're looking to see, you know, that your organs are working and you have good kidneys and output. I mean, there's so much that factors into it,
0: and that you're going to be safe only having one kidney.
2: Yes, and and bottom, I mean, she told me that up front. My transplant coordinator told me that from the get go. Is we in the end, yes, of course, we're really excited to be, you know, that you're interested in giving your kidney, but it's to our best interest to make sure that down the road we're not going to have to come back and get, have to get you another one. Yeah. And your life, you know, is first at hand because you're willing to risk your life to give somebody, you know, somebody else another chance. Mm-hmm. So yes, <laughs> very, very um, intrusive uh, testing that went on. Um, you know, and I, I remember they had found some crystallizations or something. I, I don't even remember. It's been a couple of years, but they found some crystallizations. So they even ordered a, I think it's called a PT scan or PET scan. Oh, yeah. Just Did to check for the possibility. Scan? Yeah, yeah. To check for the possibility that I might, you know, am I at risk for developing cancer in the future? And is there any other... Um, threats to my body they also do a cat scan they do a heart test um, I also have white collar um, syndrome which is you know you get high blood pressure when you go into the doctor due to nerves and stress yeah. and and so they sent me home with a blood pressure monitor for to wear for I want to say it was maybe three week three days I think it was three days you know just to make sure that I don't really have high blood pressure because that is one of the risks when you donate is your blood pressure. Go yeah, out. of course. So, again, a whole lot of testing. Um, and then when I got my part done, of course, you know, and I don't know where you're at in the whole process, but on the recipient end, they're also doing a lot of testing because they have to go through the same exact yeah, you know
1: testing. There to are so sure many it. hoops. Yes. are so many hoops, and there's like so many tests every year. We're actually on the list right now. So okay, yeah, okay. So yeah, we 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 know all the hoops and all that stuff. Yes. So. <laughs> well,
2: all right,
1: so, so when when uh, did you get the phone call that you were lined up and it was a go? Um, you know, so my and
2: that's where my story is just a little bit different. So we were we were a match it came time um that they went through they tested every and not even just the blood match but also that you know they tested the antigens to make sure that it wouldn't reject my kidney
0: yeah
2: and so when we went in to schedule a date they met with that there's a, a panel there at the hospital that they review all the cases just to make sure you're good to go and There was a question on something that they had found on his. Um, And so they decided that they would remove his um, native kidney to put mine in. So he still had the two kidneys, the one of his native kidney and then the one that they had put in. So they decided that they would take both kidneys out to put mine in. Okay. Okay. And, yeah, so when they took it out, they found cancer on his kidney. Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. So so that, I, I think, like I said, my story has been a lot more unique, I think, compared to most. And I would say challenging. It, it was really, really frustrating. But, you know, because I've done all the work, all the testing,
1: all that that's, time. That's actually amazing that you will a match to mm-hmm. a stranger that already had a transplant which makes it even extra hard to be a match
3: because these antibodies yeah. that's, that's yeah. just
1: amazing that, yes. You, yes. that one of your friends happened to be a needing a kidney and you actually matched that's Incredible.
2: that's phenomenal mm-hmm.
1: so yeah and then so when the to find out transplant cancer
2: coordinator, yeah when they called um, she, she says, you know, this is, this has come up and, and they had already told me cause you know, they can't give any information on the patient, but yeah. obviously we had an open line, but they said, Hey, you know, you know that he can't do the surgery. They make him wait two years. Mm. So they said he can't oh, receive my. a kidney for two years. So she said, you have two choices. Um, she said, you can either just with, well, actually technically three, but she says you can just withdraw. And then in two years, you can decide if you want to donate um, or if you want to go ahead and donate because you've already been cleared, you've done all the testing, you're prepared. Like we were cut, we were maybe three weeks out from the date. Wow. Um, and she said, you can go ahead and donate to a um, stranger, you know, as a good Samaritan's donation, and then we'll give him a voucher that when he is eligible he can go in and he gets bumped up to the top of the okay,
1: list. Okay, so yeah, again. you did the chain donation then. So
2: Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. So and and it was like a delayed chain, right? Yeah. Right.
1: It's like kind of like one for one, but <laughs> we're going to give you credit because mm-hmm. this person did. Right. Okay, yeah.
2: Yes. Okay. And I gave it so much thought and prayer and I am telling you it was it was not easy not an easy decision to make because of yeah. course they wanted me to wait but there was no guarantee that in two years he could still get one plus there was no guarantee also that i would we would still be matched because you know he was getting blood transfusions yeah and
0: it changes so all much of could that. Change. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah and um and so in two years i could go back and retest or even my health could decline so this way so after that I, I figured I, I'm gonna do this now. I'm gonna go ahead and do this now so that he's guaranteed a kidney in two years, whether my health has declined or not, or whether I'm still alive or not, you just never know. Right. Yeah,
0: that's that's still pretty amazing. He's guaranteed a kidney in two years. So that's okay. phenomenal.
1: Mm-hmm. So so you went yes. ahead and donated. How was I your did. recovery when you when you after you donated?
2: Um. So the first twenty four out. Well, yeah. About the first twenty four hours were really, really rough because uh, they they do a general anesthesia, which I guess I just didn't handle too well stomach wise. So I think I vomited like sixteen times oh in the goodness. first twelve hours. Wow. And as you can imagine, they cut your stomach muscles and yeah mouth, and you're missing an organ, so everything's pulling in that space that's now empty and. It was awful. I probably the worst I've ever felt in my life. And I remember laying there thinking, you know, almost kind of that regret of, you know. And I, I'd made up my mind before. No matter what, you know. No matter what happens, I know I need to do this. I know I'm doing this the right thing. And you know, you you just kind of have to have that mind frame thing. Yeah, you know, you're going, you're all in, but for a brief moment I was like oh my gosh and it was more my husband of I was so worried that he was going to that I had let him down kind of in a way as far as here I am I told him to trust me that everything would be fine and and now this is all and I I know it was hard for him to have to see me that way but
0: yeah well you have this healthy body and that's that's hard on you 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 didn't know what it felt like before to have some massive surgery and the recovery Mm -hmm. that's got to be hard right so
2: well like they they say that if you're the recipient you go into the hospital and you're sick you are super super sick so as soon as you get that kidney you're doing great and it's true quality of life goes up instantly it
1: is true you feel
0: the
2: opposite yeah
0: the recipient you feel so much better
1: so did your friend eventually get a kidney yeah so I
2: um, I donated to a lady I got to meet her in the hospital you did get to meet her we did we did that's amazing and And, uh, he uh, two years later he became eligible and he was finally able to get a kidney so how is he doing now a whole lot of weird things I have one of those just really unique things that I don't even know you know how much in detail you want but it's I would do it
1: again in a heartbeat. Awesome. Wow, that's incredible. That is amazing. And uh, so basically we're going to kind of wrap things up. But I just want to say that that is freaking amazing that you did a donation. Um, right now we're in the process and I'm going to be tested and all that stuff. And if if I can't donate to her, we'll do the chain as well. And awesome. that is just phenomenal that you would do it for basically a stranger and i have a quick
0: question for you um did you stay in touch with her do you know how she's doing
2: yeah so that she so she did great the kidney did wonders for her um she had three really good quality years of life um but unfortunately she got covid and she ended up passing away this last year and that that was really hard for me because you know you're you become attached that becomes a part of you and you know and her mother informed me that she uh you know that the kidney even the doctor said the kidney was good and strong up until the end so it didn't let her down it wasn't the reason why she passed away yeah um there was other you know health it was mostly due to oxygen and everything but you know unfortunately it doesn't have that happy ending but it's she got three years of hey, life, you know. Two years yeah. when you're she a kidney patient. And,
1: yeah. yeah, three years when you're a kidney patient is almost like uh-huh. a lifetime. Right. Especially when you're right. living dialysis day by day Do by we? day. So
0: Yes. yes. My yes, brother you know all too well. My brother gave me a kidney and I rejected it. And oh. I, I had to have it removed. And so I'm like you. It was it Cute. you don't expect to have it go the other way and so it was hard when my brother's kidney got removed and my mom says well where is it now did they just throw it away and so it was definitely an emotional situation for all of us Mm -hmm. and you don't expect it but honestly that three years that I did get because I lasted about three years with my brother's kidney that was honestly just those three years were incredible and it's a gift that he gave me that well I'll never forget
2: right absolutely well and I think too it gives you know it gives the recipient hope Yeah. I mean I'm sure you have hope because of that process and knowing that somebody would do that for you but also you know I mean most people I'm sure they know this but when you donate your kidney you know because that was a question I got well what if something happens to your other one yeah, you know, and and as a donor, if something were to happen
1: to my other ones, I get bumped to the top of the list. Yep, to that, that, be able that's to good.
2: receive one, which so, is
0: amazing.
1: So yeah, we we go ahead and wrap things up by well, this is the first time we've had a had a guest that wasn't on dialysis, but we'll ask you the same thing. How how are you living on dialysis? How are you just living with having one, gone with, through gone this. through this?
2: Um, you know, not not a really lot, a whole lot of change, just small side effects. I can't take anti-inflammatories or, you know, I have to monitor things a lot more careful and try to be conscientious because knowing that I'm a little more at risk than others. But honestly, it doesn't affect my day-to-day life. No, I again, think. I I would do it all over again if I could. If I had another one to give, absolutely, I would do it. And I would encourage anybody to
0: do it that's amazing well on behalf of your recipient you are incredible and i'm sure she truly appreciated every single day she got with that kidney
2: thank you that means a lot and i wish the very best for you and in my prayers i love what you guys are doing for everyone and just amazing
1: awesome all right so all right, so we're going to go ahead and wrap things up. I want to thank Lisa for telling her story, and hopefully we can do some follow-ups later on. And I uh, just want to tell you thank you, Lisa. and uh, Thank you. Keep living on dialysis. Yeah, thank you for everything. You're All amazing. Good luck. Good yeah.
4: talking
3: to you.
1: All right, so we went and saw at AMC, we used the A-list, and we decided to see Nope this week. Um, We have a mixed review on uh, what we thought about it. So basically, uh, here's the trailer.
4: Did you know that the very first assembly of photographs to create a motion picture was a two-second clip of a black man on a horse? And that man is my great-great-grandfather. Great. Great. There's another great-grandfather.
0: But that's why back at the Haywood Ranch, as the only black-owned horse trainers in Hollywood, we like to say, since the moment pitches could move,
5: yeah, skin it again.
1: Okay, so that's the trailer, and uh hate to kind of say it, but that's kind of the best part of the movies. Um, the weirdest thing about this is I thought the effects were amazing throughout the whole thing, but they could have done a lot better on the alien. It was just kind of lame. And then there were other scenes of why the hell did they even put that in there? So it's from Jordan Peele. His first movie, Us, or not Us, but uh, what was his first movie? Uh, well, they hypnotized people. Dang it, I can't remember the name. But that one was amazing, and I just think they, he kind of missed the ball on a lot of the stuff. But I thought it was great. Um, like I said, the alien was kind of funky, but what did you think, Christina? Nope. <laughs> okay, well that's basically her review, because she absolutely hated it and she wished she would have fallen asleep. So uh but that was the uh movie that we watched. See you guys. Bye. Alright, Holston, what did you think of Nope?
4: I thought it was very good. Okay. Ten out of ten. <laughs> ten
1: out of ten? Okay, that's being a little bit extreme, but alright. Okay, so what's what ambo? What and got Scott, you, what...
0: though, Holston? What did you like about the movie?
4: I loved the monkey, and I loved, like, how I guess the one dude just wanted to throw himself, thinking that he would survive.
1: Yeah, that's, that That part was pretty cool. Um, Amber and Scott, what did you guys think?
4: Well, I thought it was cool, because I'm totally into... <laughs> terrestrial beings, and possible aliens, and so I thought it was kind of creepy, I thought it was good, I don't know if I'd give it a 10 out of 10, but like a 7 out of 10, so out of Charlie Horses, what would that be, two and a half? Yeah. Two Charlie Horses?
1: Okay, Scott, what did you think?
4: <laughs> well, Scott is not here, it's just me and Alston. Oh, wow. okay, all right. <laughs>
1: Okay, this past week, uh, I went up to the property with uh, my brother Chris and my nephew Maxton. We did some camping, and I walked a ton. And then uh, we were supposed to learn how to cannulate this week, but uh, somebody messed up the sack. So, Christina?
0: Well, first of all, I don't know who messed up the sack.
1: It was Christina. I don't know. Oh, we both know the blind chick messed up the sack.
0: It's... It's still up for discussion.
1: And if you don't know what a sack is, it's basically the uh, fluid you need for dialysis. Uh, Instead of using it, she drained it.
0: Whoopsie. Um, So this past week, I had a blast. Me and Tyler went with a good friend of mine, of course, Amber and Clover. And actually, I got to go with Amber's whole family, so... Scott and Holston were there, and we went to a drag queen show, and of course, me and Tyler love drag queens, and we actually knew, like, four of them that were there, and I'm a a little excited, and I don't know if I'll ever be able to clean Moose again, because Tyler went up to the stage, and one of our favorites, her name is Cornbread, she actually gave love to Moose. And so, I don't know. We may may never be able to wash them again. It was a good moment. And then other than that, um, I actually had an excellent week. I started a new job. And for me, that's a big deal because I have not worked in almost 18 years. And I am now a kidney advocate for U.S. Renal. And you all know... Oh, how much?
1: You guys know what that sound is. She's got to do stats cuz she's doing treatment right now.
0: Yep, got to Go push ahead. the button. Go ahead. But um you guys you guys all know how much I love 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 US Reno and now I get paid to talk about it. So it's kind of a it's kind of a win-win.
1: Yeah. Okay, so we're talking about uh we're going to expand on the conversation we had with Lisa. Lisa, that was amazing. It, That was wonderful. And uh, so we are going to be talking about kidney donations. And uh, as you guys know, I do the boring stuff. Christina does the cool stuff. <laughs> so we'll start off with the history is that there were many, many unsuccessful efforts. The first dog kidney was transplanted in 1903.
0: Okay, wait a minute. Did you say dog?
1: Yeah, and this kidney produced a little tiny, pea, tiny amount of pee before the before it died.
0: That, like, they put a kidney into a dog.
1: A dog kidney into a dog. Yes. Oh. Yeah. So, but it worked for a second, so that was a start. And then in 1939, they transplanted the first cadaveric kidney. If you don't know what cadaveric is, it's basically a. a Donation from a, somebody that died.
0: It's a living donor that's actually brain dead. And the body has to still be working and functioning, but it's somebody that's actually already passed on.
1: Yeah, and from this kidney transplant, the patient only lived for a few days and the kidney did not take. Unknown, unknowingly during this time, mismatching was happening
6: and oh, you didn't know?
1: know you needed to be a match. In uh, 1953, a 16-year-old got a kidney from his mother. He was the first patient given anti-rejections. Oh, wow. Joseph E. Murphy and his colleague Pete Bent performed the first truly successful kidney transplant from one twin to another. (gasps) This was done without any immune suppression medication. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, so in 1960, tissue typing advancements... Better techniques for matching a donor, recipient blood, tissue types, as well as improvements for preserving catabolic um, kidneys were developed. Wow. So basically, you have to trick your body into thinking that the kidney is your own. You are actually able to re-gift your donated kidney when you die.
0: Oh my goodness, I've always wondered about that. Yeah,
1: so in Lisa's case, not all hospitals do it. But her donated kidney had, could have been donated to another patient.
0: But the pa- but her donated kidney recipient would have to be brain dead.
1: I would imagine. And they'd have to be a donor and all that stuff because they take ownership of it.
0: Yeah. And I've, I've always said, like, if they want anything, let them have it.
1: See, and, and that's something that Jim told us. Where when you're younger, you can pick if you want this kidney or not. But when you're at the age of 60, 70, um, he's like, well... You take the kidney. If you offered one, you take it. Because you don't know if you'll get another one.
0: Which makes perfect sense.
1: So, they say that 25 of transplants could donate again. 25%. Weird.
0: That so, is a very high you percentage. Know,
1: the fact that we're not using them, I'd love to know which hospitals are and which hospitals aren't. Because... Uh, that could give a ton more kidneys yeah
0: that's pretty impressive um,
1: now in some cases the we get the kidney but when you're older knowing that again if you're offered one you take one so basically it's if you pick and choose when you it depends on your age yeah yeah Um, also on average 3,000 people are added to the transplant list daily Oh my goodness, no wonder. Yeah, 13 people die a day while waiting for a transplant. Oh, that breaks my heart. And every 14 minutes, someone is added to the list. Wow. And this number is actually lower than I thought, and I verified it in a whole bunch of places, but the average wait time is 3.6 years.
0: Wow, I think because there's actually a lot of places where that state, you can get that organ quickly and it kind of balances out like i've heard that in california it's just years
1: yeah i think i think a lot of it would be population too
0: yeah i think that probably has a lot to do with um, it and exposure to do you want to be a living donor i know that in our state we actually have an option when we get a driver's license to click to say yes or no and there are still a lot of states that don't have that option available
1: yeah, I I don't know what states push it and what don't and what what funding they get or they don't or that yeah. I think every state should up it because Utah I think does a really good job at the donate yeah. life P- pretty much people know what that is we are
0: very very lucky
1: here um, so here's some stats and these are from 2014 seventeen thousand one hundred seven transplants took place eleven thousand five hundred seventy were cadaveric kidneys. Wow. And five thousand five hundred and thirty seven came from living donors. Wow, that is insane. So that's all the bowling crap. Um, let's go ahead and find out about the two transplants that you had. Alright, well you're doing the dialysis machine. Yep. That beeping was the dialysis, so but everything's good. Just some high fives cause we just hit our target volume. Woohoo, that means all we're right. almost done. Yep. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about your first kidney and yeah. that process and how that took place.
0: So my first kidney was a living donor and that process is amazing. When you have a living donor, you get to plan a lot and you get dates. So I was able to be told exact, the exact date we would have the transplant beforehand. And so you can plan around everything. And I think, like, the interesting thing, I, when I asked my brothers... So I have eight siblings, and, of course, the doctors told me to ask my brothers first because males tend to have larger kidneys, therefore they are stronger kidneys. Huh, and, okay. yeah, exactly. Like, when you check your creatinine, a female, you on average you want to be 0.6 up to 1.0 that's a really good target area well men it starts at like 1.1 and goes up from there which shows there there is a it's probably not massive but there's a difference there so for me I had to it was hard for me to make those phone calls and I didn't I don't know I felt a lot of pressure I felt like I was asking for something so huge. How do you put that into words? And how do you even, how do you express being grateful that they will actually even be tested? And I, talking to my brothers, it it was really amazing because I really expected a lot of no's. And just because my brothers have kids, they have their own families and like yes they are just wonderful men but like they they have their their own needs and so having my brothers I I have my brother Gary right away said yeah I'm going to get tested and so we initially found out that he was not a match and my other two so I talked to other brothers and my other two brothers I Scott and Brian, and they both went and got tested, and they were both identical matches, so then at that point, um, the two of them had to decide together who was going to be the transplant donor, and it it kind of, it blew, it blows your mind, because to have someone say, sure, yeah, I'll go through all of that to give you a kidney, it's It's insane, and it's a gift that you never forget, and yeah, it's hard to put it into words, how you feel knowing someone is willing to do that for you. So, other than that, we we actually, me and my family had a little get-together the night before we did the transplant, and... It was really funny. My parents gave us the game Operation, and it was this big joke that (laughs) we were going in for Operation, you know, and so then we went in the next day, and it's really interesting because my brother that gave me the kidney, um, it was literally the day after his wife's birthday, and so she, actually, I think it might have been the day. Sorry, Angie, I don't remember exactly, but... Yeah, so she, she had to go without because this was important to them. And it just kind of, it was amazing. I actually think it was the 10th because she was in the hospital with him. And so she went without for me. And it's just incredible, you know. And so the first transplant, it was good. It was relaxed. It was planned. It was, we all knew me and my brother had a little get together beforehand we were going to see who could make it to the other one's room first and i will admit defeat my brother got to my room first and he definitely was all red and exhausted but he made it so he won that one that's way cool yeah
1: um and if you're in utah there is actually a really cool wall down in salt lake it's the donation of life wall and pretty much everybody that has donated a organ has their name on that wall yeah and uh just a couple years ago we had brian's name added because for some reason he wasn't on the registry and it's supposed to be automatically added but there was something messed up so yeah we went ahead and, and processed the paperwork to get that added and um actually on our honeymoon we went and found the names and my sister's name is on there My sister that passed away, geez. Was one of the first donors. Yeah, and in fact, we have a memorial where in Ogden, it's uh, along the Ogden Parkway, there is a Donation of Life tree, and uh, if you ever walk by it during Christmas time, it is decorated like a Christmas tree, Yep, and uh, you'll see Rebecca Gilchrist's name on there, and you know, it's just a really cool...
0: A place to go. To yeah. Just remember her. And same and with, same with that wall, yeah. you know.
1: And Lisa, if you haven't went down to Salt Lake, go down there and find your name. There's a website where you can type your name in, and it tells you exactly where it is. Yeah. Um, and if your name isn't on it, I can help you go through the process of getting it added. Yeah. So, okay. So, how long did your kidney last on that one?
0: Um, I don't know exactly. I always I tend to think about three, three and a half years. Okay. And then I had to have it removed, which obviously when you get a transplant, it's all candy canes and roses and sugar and wonderful. And it is, it truly is such a wonderful process, but there are times where that process ends early and you do have moments maybe of guilt, maybe where you feel you messed up that kidney, or the donor feels like they didn't give a a good enough kidney. And so I think me and Brian definitely went through a process together where we both felt it was our fault. And I think we just had to keep communicating and letting each other know that that's not the case. That's not that's not something something you can possibly do if you're following all the rules and he had a perfectly good kidney and so obviously it wasn't on any of our shoulders but you definitely feel the pressure and you feel when you talk to people about it people kind of will tend to judge you a little bit and be like oh well what did you do to kill that kidney
1: yeah but that's the other thing too is they don't really exactly know what your disease is. Yeah. So when they were, you know, and they were confident that that this would fix it. Yeah. Your disease wouldn't come back. And unfortunately, it did. Yeah. But I tend to think that, you know, what could have happened in those three and a half years? You got three and a half years. Oh, I did. Of amazing health. Yes. And, you know... It, it gave you opportunity to raise your daughter.
0: It did, yeah. You know,
1: and you know, you you can't you can't put a time or a price on that.
0: And of that- course, my brother, he, cause he knew I ha- I was holding a lot of guilt, and of course, he told me, hey, I don't regret doing it at all. And he says, you got you got how many years out of it? It was worth every moment, and so. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I personally put guilt on myself, but he didn't, and that's all that
1: matters, like... Right. Yeah. So then you went and did...
0: Home about five years.
1: No, not home hemorrhage.
0: Oh, no, in center. You did in
1: center for about five, four and a half to five years, right? Yeah. And then, uh, go ahead and tell us about the story of when you got that call about your next kidney.
0: So, um... Well, I got a couple calls, and they were kind of fun. I know I told this story before about the 31-year-old male who died in prison, and that one was kind of fun. And then I also got another call about an older, an older donor, and at that age I was so young. I was looking at 27, 28, and so I wasn't willing to take that risk at that time, even though it had been forever on InCenter. And That's got to
1: be a really hard choice.
0: Yeah.
1: Of the opportunity of having a kidney and having to tone it down. Yeah. Because, well, one, you'll age. And, you know, like Jim was saying, it's all up to the recipient of, you know, if, if you get offered one, do you take it?
0: Yeah, at what point do you and, take it?
1: And everybody on dialysis needs to really sit down and think and kind of have a go-to of, okay, we're going to accept this, 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 and this, yeah. but we are not going to accept this and this. Yep. And, you know, kind of get educated on it while the emotions aren't flowing and know that, okay... We are going to accept this and we're going to not accept this. Or, you know what? If one comes, we take it no matter what. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like at this point, I've had two transplants. So my antibodies are through the roof. No, you
1: only had one at that time.
0: No, I'm saying in my life right now. (laughs) Right,
1: right. Uh, But I'm
0: saying my antibodies are so high at this point, I would probably be willing to take almost any kidney they offered me because getting a match for me at this point is would be crazy difficult
1: see and and we'll go into that match thing a little bit so every single time that you introduce a fallen object into your body yeah your body kind of protects itself and makes it so you can't so that you can't have that again so like every time you have a blood transfusion your body goes into defense mode and accepts that or So kind of
0: how I heard it, which I'm not exactly sure, but this is how I heard it, that once a person puts their blood, you accept their blood into your body, everything that they've built an antibody against, that's in their surroundings. For example, um, when I got a, when I got my brother's kidney, um, Everything that's in his surroundings, his allergies, um, everything he breathes in, the kind of foods he eats, everything like that, my body had to build up a tolerance to that. And so my body got stronger to fight all those things off so they didn't affect me in a negative way. And so those antibodies went higher. And so after that, I was told that I probably wouldn't be able to get another Utah kidney because my body has now to adjusted, yeah, and so my body would have an easy time just going in there and rejecting it because all those things aren't going to bother it, and my body's just going to take it out, so okay. my second donor was most likely out of state
1: okay so yeah. and and that's the, that's the hard thing, especially as a caretaker or the spouse or anything like that, where we would take her into the hospital and she, and if you're a kidney patient, you know your numbers... Your blood count number is going to be low. Yeah. And what is that go-to number where you accept a transfusion? And yeah. it's like you debate and you hold off because you know every single time you have a transfusion, your body builds up a little bit more defense. Yep. So, like, say, before transplant, before any of that stuff, let's say you're at 75% that you're... That's what your. That's what. That's your antibody. Your antibody. Level. Yeah. And every time you have a transfusion, it goes up by 0. 0.3 or point one. And that day that you well life lighted, you you, you had. I had like seven. Like seven, eight. Yeah. And then you also had plasma fleeces. Yep. So That made that a big would difference. Would have been. That was like eight bags, wasn't it? Was that all one person six, or was that... I think
0: six bags, but they were all from different people, so... Well, that's um, what I
1: mean, is if they were all from different people, yeah. then you would have built up antibodies from eight different people as well.
0: Well, no, each bag had probably four or five people in, and then I got six bags, because a person cannot donate that much plasma.
1: Right.
0: Yeah, so... So,
1: and and that and like I said, that's, that's the internal debate you have, is the doctors are saying, oh, she needs a blood transfusion." inside your mind, you're thinking, okay, can we give her macera? Can we give her this? Can we yeah. build that up? And, of course, you take the blood transfusion. You do what, you yeah, know, you if do it's what your team... Yeah, necessary, you do it. But it's that internal debate of, uh, instead of this whole pool that we could get a transplant from, it, we just eliminated it by 3%. Yeah,
0: and honestly, I don't know exactly what percentage, if it's, 3%, or if it's like 0.1%. I'm not sure, but you are aware that every time you are getting an infusion or getting plasmapheresis, anything of that nature, it does change your antibody level.
1: Yeah, and it, like I said, it, it, it's hard because you have somebody that is being close to death, but it's like, uh, how close though? Yeah, you know, I, I really like, think,
0: ah. I really think if you need a blood transfusion, get one.
1: Absolutely. I mean, there's no question. It's just, like I said, that internal debate you have in your head. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Let's test it one more time, you know? Yeah. So, when you got that call for the second kidney... Yeah. You were at your sister's and you were actually doing yard work, right? I was.
0: I was actually at my younger sister's and her name
1: is Karina
0: and we were actually putting down pavers in her backyard and we were putting these pavers down around a fire pit and it started raining and so we just got covered in the rain and we were just having such a fun time. I got my fingers smashed between two pavers and of course because I'm really clumsy and we were just having so much fun and then it got to the point where it was raining so much that I had to we all ran inside and when we ran inside I I got this phone call and it was a number I didn't know and so I'm internally debating do you answer that or do you just quiet that you know and for some reason I was just like I gotta answer it so I answered it and I had actually gone into the bathroom and so I answered the phone on the toilet which is crazy right I hope everybody's done that but I answered the door the phone on the toilet. And the lady asked me, is this Christina? And I says, yes, and she said, we have a match for you. We need you to get down here as soon as possible. And I just sat there in awe for probably like 15, 20 minutes just because I was just floored. And I just didn't expect that call because it just felt like it was gonna continue forever and so I hang up with her and I wash my hands and everything and I go out to the living room and my daughter's there my sister's there her husband's there and at least a couple of their kids and I just stood there probably with the blankest look on my face and just said hey I just got a call for a kidney and my sister says no you didn't that's not funny and I was like, no, I really just got a call for a kidney. It's time to go. And then uh, as soon as they kind of realized it was real, we all freaked out for a while. We got in the car and drove right to my parents' house and went and told them and just got crazy excited. And I literally went straight to the hospital and I got myself a kidney.
1: And this, this one was in a Mountain, right? Yeah, they both were. Oh, Okay. All right, so if you don't know, in Utah, there's two main hospitals, Idle Mountain, so IHC, and then U of U. Is that associated with the... Or is it just U of U? Um, U of U Medicine?
0: To be honest, I'm not sure.
1: Okay, so there's University of Utah, which if you're a Utes fan, that's kind of what it's associated with. And so that's one of the main hospitals. And then IHC. IHC is everywhere, I think. At least in the Western states. But so... You get down there, you have the surgery. Yeah. How long did that one take you to... Reject. You no, know, recover from.
0: Oh, recover. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm a very stubborn person, and you usually can, you usually stay in the hospital about six to seven weeks. After my first one, my brother is a huge Chicago Bears fan, and so we pushed ourselves to be home in three days so he could watch the Chicago Bears fan. I mean, the Chicago Bears game. And we accomplished that goal. And then on the second one, I would say it was about three days as well.
1: Okay. All right. So you, and right after you got this kidney, I kind of entered the picture. Yeah. We started dating, all that stuff. Well, that's and why
0: I started realizing, hey, I feel good. I have a kidney. I need to, I need to really live my life. And I'd,
1: I'd like to think it was my charm and my message that just kind of, hey, I got to meet this guy. So...
0: Yeah. We'll just well, go with of that. of course. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: So... All right. So, you rejected that one. They did yeah. absolutely everything they could to save it. We did. Almost to the point where we both had to talk about, okay, so we're trying to save it, but we're pump- we're pumping her full of so many chemicals.
5: Yeah. it's tough.
1: What damage are we doing to everything else? You know, she's, she's still young. You know, before this, she was mid-30s. Yeah. And, you know, it was like, okay, so... At what point do we raise our hands? She was getting sick and a cold would just put her in bed it. for like two months.
5: Yeah.
0: So, I
1: mean, it was it was, it was was finally to the point where we were just like, okay, time to end this.
0: Yep, we just had to at and that point.
1: And that's when we were introduced to...
0: That's when we kind of really started pushing and went to PD and that. But that kidney... So, I rejected both kidneys to the point where they removed them. So, all I have right now is my native kidneys, and they are both about the size of quarters. And sure, nothing. it up, little raisins. Yep, and nothing else. So, I have no kidney function at all. But after we rejected that, we found nephritis in both kidneys. So, we're kind of at a stalemate at this point. I am switching over to University of Utah in hopes that one of those amazing doctors may have seen my condition before, and they may know how to Help me not reject again. But at home dialysis, that's why it was so important for me. Because they may tell me no. And if that's the case, I'm fine doing dialysis. Because I'm doing it at home and I feel so much better.
1: And I think even PD and home hemo, yes, you can fine tune it to where you can almost make it act as if you have a kidney. Of course it isn't the same thing.
0: Yeah, and you're still but- going to have your your downfalls where you got to go in for a silly little surgery and you're going to have those moments you're just going to feel so much better along
1: the way right okay so and and that's kind of the the stalemate that we're at right now because you know i've told christina that i would donate to her in a second or do the chain and we're kind of at a stalemate so if you're a doctor or a nurse (laughs) Pass our story on to your doctors and say, hey, we know this chick, Christina Gilchrist, and we want you to find out what the hell disease she has.
0: Yeah, I because they thought forever I had C3 globin because that's how it reacts so closely to that. But then I was able to get into a research study, and I don't have that.
1: And so if you heard about any research studies as well, reach out to us because we would love to find out what this actually is because if we can find out what it is then maybe we can get a kidney that lasts you know we hear stories of kidneys lasting 20 30 years and it's like that's amazing you know and the average time is what 10 15
0: they say for a um cadaveric transplant it's about 10 to 15 and for a living donor transplant it's about 15 it can be up to 30
1: See, and, but they and I,
0: really don't like to give you the that year right. span because everybody is so different
1: i think it all depends on how healthy you are and how you how much you take care of yourself as well and you know so but so again if you're a doctor find out what the hell she has
0: uh, and um, like home home dialysis is such an amazing tool but i think everybody everybody me- needs to make up their mind on their own and please 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 anybody on dialysis explore transplant and explore the idea of getting a kidney because it truly is you've got a kidney that is working 24/7 you will o- obviously feel a lot better so Definitely make your choice on your own, but See, please consider.
1: I'm on the opinion that no matter what, you get on the transplant list because yeah. you can always say no. But you can't say yes unless you're on it. Yeah. So, all right, so we're going to wrap this up. Um, just wanted to express again, Lisa, your story was amazing. Amazing. And the fact that somebody would go through all of that for a complete, complete stranger. stranger. You know, I can totally understand the family thing and the, you know, that, that is a little bit more understandable, but to do it for a complete stranger. And is, it's funny oh, because. Got to do blood pressure again. Yep. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up because she's almost done with dialysis. So uh, we will uh, see you guys next week.
0: Bye guys. And
1: make sh- See you guys.
0: Okay. Hey guys. Welcome to Christina's crazy corner this week we have of course my beautiful tyler we have amazing amber and for the first time we have holston how you doing holston good good i'm excited to hear what you think about this so tyler take it away
6: all right so this week i decided just to do some interesting unknown facts that they're just really odd like some of them you wouldn't think or like a thing. Okay, let's hear it. Awesome. All right, for the first one, it's hot water will turn into ice faster than cold water.
4: Ooh, I actually knew that. I knew that too. Why? See, hotter, it freezes faster.
6: I didn't know that. Why?
4: It's just a scientific thing. Like the colder <laughs> it takes to freeze, and the hotter it is, the quicker it cools down.
6: Yeah, wow. it's because the cold water is already cold, so it has to take time to pass through all the... Because cold goes through heat faster.
0: Okay. Okay. That's cool. What do you think of that, Holston? I thought it
5: was pretty
4: cool. I already kind of knew
6: it, but... Okay. Okay, bad. good. All right.
4: It's like, We're starting off with easy weird facts. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. The
6: next one. Right. The Mona Lisa has no eyebrows. What the... I never knew that. Oh my gosh, I've never noticed.
4: Actually never
0: noticed, yeah. We're all blind.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the group, guys. Awesome. Okay, Ty. All right. So the sentence, the quick brown fox jumps over the lazy dog, uses every letter in the English language. It uses the entire alphabet? Uh, Mm Mm-hmm.
4: What the? That's why you'd have to type it so many times when you're learning to type because you hit every Uh-oh. single key. That's interesting.
0: So that is something that you've known, Amber. Like you had to actually do that.
4: Yeah. Huh. When I was in uh, junior high, and I actually took typing. <laughs> it wasn't wow. Computer class. Uh, yeah, that was one of the many sentences we had to type, but that one specifically because it includes every la- letter of the alphabet.
3: That
0: is
6: insane. That's pretty
0: cool. I like that. Yeah. All right. All
6: right. The next one is Coca-Cola was originally green. What? Huh? I didn't know that. It's because I of the chemical so components.
4: Brown. I, no, classic red. <laughs> Like their logo? Yeah. Or the drink itself? The logo or the drink? The drink itself was
6: originally green. So, (laughs) probably the label? Or? Not the label. I'm thinking maybe because it's toxic. The liquid was was originally green. Weird. Weird. Serious. Yeah, I'm thinking because
0: it's made of poison.
6: It's because of the chemical components in (laughs) in it. How it reacted (laughs) with each other. It made the... Actual liquid green. So do they dye it? No, it isn't now because they don't use the same chemicals. Like they oh. used cocaine back in the day. They don't use yeah. that anymore.
0: Yeah. Okay. Use
6: actual coke. All That's right. cool. The most common name in the world. Guess what it is? Oh my gosh, I don't even know. It's Amber.
4: It's not amber. <laughs> Maybe Anne know. or Amy or John. John. <laughs> John. <laughs> yeah.
6: It's Mohammed.
5: Oh, okay. oh
4: we should win that see
6: one. That. I can see that too. Mm-hmm. Dang <laughs> it. John didn't
0: win. That's crazy.
4: Because yeah. we're thinking just locally, US. You gotta yeah, think globally. True. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's true. We just showed how US we are.
3: We did. Yeah. <laughs> yep.
6: Alright. The name of all the continents it. End with the same letter that they start with. <gasps> what oh
0: my gosh. Uh, a- Asia yeah, uh, Asia.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> yeah.
0: How many more can you say, Amber? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All I have is Asia. I'm so sad to see that. <laughs> Holston, how many uh, continents do you know?
4: Um, how many continents are there? Freak it.
0: I should have learned this. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to United States seven. Public School. No.
4: Yes, there are seven.
6: Okay.
0: Yeah. Not Isn't one enough. Antarctica? Winner, winner.
6: Um, <laughs> what else? Yeah, You know, like the two easiest Africa? Africa? Uh, yeah. No. That is not.
0: Sorry, Africa. Okay, that's all I got. Do you got them, Ty?
6: I don't know all of them. <laughs> she's, not some of them. She's laughing
0: at us and she doesn't know all of them. Which ones do you know? Hey,
6: I didn't take history last year, okay?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, that's brilliant. Okay, well, we're all dum dums when it comes to continents. Oh, yeah.
6: Okay, Ty. All right. You can't kill yourself by holding your breath. Oh. It is impossible. Cause once impossible.
0: you passed
6: out, your body would breathe on its own. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh. there has to be something physically restraining you from being able to start breathing again.
5: Yeah.
4: And you know what, you guys are wrong on the continent thing. Cause it's North America and South America. I mean, if you just did America, Americas.
6: Okay, wait, 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 wait. Are they continents?
4: In Asia, in Africa,
6: north America Europe. and South America are continents, but the thing is, oh, they're, maybe talk, they're just going with America. They're talking about America, just the word America. Yeah. Because yeah. it's north, north, north and America south. And Those don't, America, don't really matter.
4: North and South Americas, and you just did like America.
6: That's
4: basically. <laughs> <laughs> <the same. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> alright, alright, alright.
6: Good point, Olsen. Good point. Keep going. Keep on going. <laughs> okay, all right. Ty. The Guinness Book of World Records holds the record for being the book most often stolen from public libraries. Ooh. Wow.
4: What do you think? I didn't really understand the, the books most often stolen from public libraries. Oh.
0: That is crazy. Huh. The Bible. Okay, I just want to know, I want to know who studied that. Like, who found that out? Did they follow people out of the, oh, no, I guess in their records it would show. <laughs> yeah, it would show for the books. Going yep, lesson. dumb dumb again. <laughs> so
4: it's not the Bible. Is, no.
0: it? Is the Bible Bible at public library? Yeah. Is it dictionary? I just thought it was at hotels.
6: No, the dictionary is stupid. Why would you steal that? <laughs> you can know every word in I don't I think people care enough. They make up their own words now like LOL LMAO like Yeah, it's true. They don't care. We have to know. What is this book? The Book of World Records. The Guinness The Guinness Book of oh, World Records. Oh, that is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> books stolen at
4: the library and i can keep guessing which book that is not oh. The
0: guinness... oh oh no, my gosh not... that's so funny no it is the guinness book of world records oh
4: my goodness
6: i love that okay ty what's next all right each king in the deck of playing cards represents great A great king from history. The spades um, represents King David. The clubs represent Alexander the Great. Hearts represents um, Charlemagne. I don't know what the heck that name is. Okay. (laughs) And then diamonds um, represents Julius Caesar. Why? Uh. How did they determine that? The people who made the first deck. (laughs) (laughs) They were in the kings. Hey, why, why are... The queens, then? Yeah, what about the, the queens?
0: queens? That's what I was Probably. thinking. Probably. They're there. <laughs> they were there, just not remembered. This okay. Is for
4: another day. <laughs> you
6: know, another thing I have to Google now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, this is actually interesting.
4: Okay.
6: Alright, give me just a second, sorry. But so Tyler it's, just got a phone call and probably so she, from my boss, so. Oh, maybe a boss, huh? I think it was from my boss, but it's fine. Okay, okay. <laughs> and
0: she's calling back. She's calling again. Tyler's gonna get fired.
6: <laughs> she I'm is kinda, absolutely gonna get fired. I'm kinda scared.
0: <laughs> um get rid of it, girl. We gotta keep going.
6: <laughs> I can't! What's
0: more important, your job or crazy corner? Oh, my
6: gosh. Stop it. Crazy corner.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, she's... Okay. Okay, here we go. Okay.
6: If a statue of a person in the park on a horse has both front legs in the air, the person died in battle. If the horse has one front leg in the air, the person died as a result of wounds received in battle. If the horse has all four legs on the ground... The person died of natural causes.
0: Huh. Wow.
6: That's kind of insane. Good to know. Yeah, I never knew any of that. Huh. Okay. This one's actually interesting. What do bulletproof vests, fire escapes, windshield wipers, and laser printers all have in common? Hmm. Protector?
0: And laser pointers?
6: Laser Laser printers.
0: What the heck is that?
6: <laughs>
0: What's a printer? laser
6: like 3D printers? Surely. Okay.
0: Oh, a printer.
6: Okay. Laser okay. Printer. Yeah. Um, the, I, um bulletproof vest, too? Yeah. I don't know. Tell us. All invented by women. <gasps> that is awesome.
0: Wow. I like that one. Okay, queens. Like we just got our
6: shot. Okay. Nice. <laughs> this one is actually really weird. A snail can sleep for three years. <laughs> three years? Yeah, three years.
5: Oh. oh, my gosh.
6: I wish
0: I could do that. <laughs> they dry
4: out. I have proof.
0: Uh, I don't know. How do you know? Maybe they were at the end of their life. Maybe they just I... wanted to die. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it was just time for that little snail. Yep. Wow. I wonder if, like, a half an hour does them any good at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. Ty. All
6: right. American Airlines saved $40,000 in 1987 by eliminating one olive from each salad served in first class. Oh, my. What? One That's olive. very weird. What? <gasps> that actually,
0: like... Explains a lot. We, cause now, do you even get an olive? No. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I've
4: never actually flown first class. It was first class, yeah.
0: right? Yeah, I don't. I, Holston, I don't have, have you flown first class? What? Holston, have you flown first class? No. I don't no. Think so. no. Yeah. You'd say. know if you did. We get the
4: peanuts. We're in the peanut gallery. Yeah, and even
0: now they don't give the peanuts.
6: I don't know. We've
5: gotten peanuts and Biscoff cookies. Those Those are are
6: delicious. They're the (laughs) best. Okay, Ty, go. Okay. This one doesn't make sense, but it's kind of funny. The ant always falls over on its right side when intoxicated. The ant? Like, we're talking little ants? Yeah. How do they get intoxicated? People drop wine drops, I guess. and they always fall to the right? Apparently. I guess their little senses are like, well, no, no, that's right. Wow. How many people are giving ants alcohol?
0: People
4: do weird things.
0: Yeah. Wow. Never thought about doing that, ever. (laughs) Okay, Ty, go again.
6: All right. So the electric chair, guess what type of, like, job person invented it? Like
0: who invented the electric chair? Yes. What, what was job his... did
6: they have? Okay.
0: Job person. Was he a criminal? <laughs> no.
6: Okay. Was
4: it like Thomas Edison or something? Did no. Invent electricity. No. So maybe...
6: No. Nope. Nope. The electric chair invented. They <laughs> <laughs> didn't use that for years.
0: <laughs> so it's... what about you, Holston? Any guesses?
4: I don't
6: know, the only person that I think may have, like, made electricity, I
1: don't
6: know if it even is or I <laughs> guess, Thomas Edison? No! Or, uh, Nikola Tesla? No! <laughs> <laughs> That's a decent <laughs> guess, I like that one! It was invented by a dentist. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> He's probably looking at all the patients in his chair, and he's like, "I wish I could kill him. I wish all I right. could kill him." So we're gonna do one more real fast. The cigarette lighter was actually invented before the match. What? Oh, interesting. Yeah. <gasps>
4: so much people use matches.
6: That's like so backwards. Yep, the cigarette lighter oh, was invented okay. before matches. Huh. But that's all we have time for. Yep. So we're out of time, guys. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Hey, guys. Welcome to Christina's Crazy Corner. Today is going to be the best Crazy Corner ever because we're at Beans and Brews, right? Beans
3: and Brews.
0: Yeah, and we all have coffee, so we're all happy, and we're all here in person. So, tonight we have
3: Amber, Susie,
0: Tyler, and you got me. So... I've heard that tonight's not going to be so funny. Let's see. No. Here we go, Ty. All
6: right. So today we're talking about the solder Children. If you've ever heard of this case. Never heard of this one. Me either. Sounds familiar to me,
3: actually. Ooh. I, I am, am
6: obsessed with like
3: crime podcasts.
0: I am too, but after I hear it, I like delete it out of my brain. Yeah, sometimes that <laughs> happens too. Yeah. I'll
3: remember like halfway through. I'll be like, oh yeah,
6: that happened. Uh, yeah. yeah.
3: Okay, All right.
6: Ty. So. This is actually a case about five children that went missing on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm.
0: All five of them went missing together.
6: Well, all of them went missing at the same time. There's actually oh. ten children at, in total. In
4: this, is it in a family? Yes,
6: or they're all the same. Family. Ten
4: children. And when half West of them West?
6: went missing. Yeah.
4: Uh, I mean, I know we're in Utah. But it was when 19 is this in
6: Paris, huh? <laughs> not in Utah. It was West Virginia, 1945. Oh, okay.
5: No
0: DNA or anything.
6: All right. (laughs) So, so, during Christmas Eve, um, they actually, it talks about in here how they actually were just getting ready for bed. And it's basically going through everything, and that they were just getting ready for bed and stuff. But so, apparently, (laughs) stop it.
0: They're just getting ready for bed so and doing? stuff. Okay, and <laughs> hey, they were getting
6: ready
3: for bed and stuff. Stop it. I would say like Stop brushing it. their teeth. Yeah, having maybe, a nice warm cup of milk. Maybe Christmas pajamas. I hate you guys. Christmas I quit this job. <laughs> See, I thought this was supposed to
6: be dark, but Christmas? <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, That's a good, good Christmas. Okay. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> We've all been scolded. Go ahead. Okay.
6: So, Jenny Sauter was the mom. Jenny was woken up at 12:30 a.m. by a prank caller. The caller asked for someone who didn't live at the house, and laughed in a way that Jenny would later recall as weird and unregular. And was drowned out by the clinking of glasses and background laughter, so she just thought it was some drunk guy at a bar that was probably. To you and just decided you to know it. that cool. that guy is
0: probably at the same beans and brewery that we're at right now.
3: <laughs> uh,
6: you're going. You're annoying. But so, a half an hour later, she was again woken to a loud thud. An object had landed on their roof. It's Santa.
3: I remember this, and that's what I thought too when I heard that. But no.
6: <laughs> and it rolled down the side of their house. And she just ignored it and she eventually woke up for the third time at 1 a.m
3: what, what if it was santa and he had rolled off the roof and you and he just was internally bleeding you just let
6: him go but
3: you know what i feel for this mom she has, for she has 10 kids for every 10 kids like seven hits her roof true but you don't, don't, think, don't, don't you think do you think
6: maybe
0: it was one of the kids like snuck no. out of bed no, no one's screaming. At that point, you
3: go
6: back to bed. <laughs> you just, you're done. Okay. <laughs> good idea, good idea. Okay. So she was woken at about 1 a.m. again, but this time she smelled smoke. Oh. That might be a wake-up bird. The home office, which the father, George Sauter's, it was his office, was on fire. Jenny ran to their bedroom to wake him up, and they dashed around trying to get all their children up. And so those who stayed awake late, the kids, were up in the attic, access blocked by a burning staircase. So they mm, weren't able awesome. to get up to the kids. <sighs> he tried to, he grabbed the phone and tried to call the fire department, mm-hmm. but it wasn't working. The phone wasn't working at all. So how did the drunk call her? Well, it was
3: it after, been working oh, after it
6: the now. fire, I got you. The fire might have stopped and it. And the noise on the roof no, could the kids Maybe, but here's the thing. The two parents, the three eldest siblings, George, John, and Marion, and two-year-old Sylvia escaped the burning house. One of the children ran to the neighbors to call the fire department, while George ran to the side to grab his ladder in order to climb to the attic to rescue the remaining kids. Oh, good idea. Well, the ladder wasn't in its usual position. It wasn't there resting against the side of the house. They could, didn't know where it was until later it was actually found in a ditch Oh wow. away oh, wow. from the house. So someone knew kids were in the attic. Mm-hmm. And then he tried to start one of his trucks to drive to the side of the house to get back into the up into the attic. It wouldn't start though. The truck wow. had actually just been um, looked at and said it was in perfect condition. He went to his other truck. That one also wasn't working. Both the trucks weren't working. But meanwhile, the fire brigade was severely understaffed due to both the time of the year and the fact most firefighters were serving overseas in the war. So the fire chief, who was the only man working that night, could not drive the truck. He had to ring around to find other firemen. Why can't so he drive the gosh, truck?
3: Can I imagine?
6: Because he needs other people to help him. Be able to work the truck and get everything ready oh my god. it takes more than so, one. it's like a
3: whole crew on those things yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: yeah and so it was around an hour until the mm. firemen got there and their house had already burned to the ground oh, the five so... members of their families Aww. trapped inside and so they went through the ashes they were unable to find any trace of the five children No bodies, no bones. So the kids in the attic were not in the attic? Well, they could hear them in the attic when the fire started. They're all freaking out. But so, they just thought that they probably would have passed passed out from all the smoke inhalation and stuff Mm -hmm. up there. But they didn't find any evidence that the people, the kids were already still in the house. Hmm. And so there were actually, there's actually a lot of...
3: I wonder if it's possible for fire to burn so much that it just ruins any evidence. It it can the bodies burn and just, It like, would have to be...
0: Yeah. I've heard that you can't really, like, burn bone.
3: It has to be over... Sure. Well, they cremate people.
0: Yeah, but it's at, like...
3: It's, like, thousands of degrees. Yeah. It's not a normal you could house not, fire. You could not replicate that. So there that. should have been evidence, for sure. hmm
6: mm-hmm. And so, there was actually a lot of um speculation on what happened to them so four days after the fire george solder bulldozed bulldozed soil over the ashes Can of you the say burn bulldozed again bulldozed <laughs> one more time bulldozed oh good job stop it <laughs> of his burned family home intending c- to construct a memorial garden to his deceased children Although the fire chief had instructed him to leave the site alone so the fire marshal's office could investigate the ruins further, George and Jenny couldn't stand the sight of their destroyed home and ignored his request. The next day, a hastily conducted inquest found the fire was caused by faulty wiring. But George remembered that he had just had... Um, An electrician there. I remember that. He just had an electrician there for the Christmas lights. I told you I'd remember halfway through. (laughs) And so it would have also cut all power to the house. It would have cut Mm -hmm. power to probably the neighborhood too. Mm -hmm. But every neighbor still had electricity. They still had electricity during the fire. Yeah. So there wasn't faulty wiring. Hmm. One of the jury members who actually served on the inquest had a previous run-in with George that sparked further suspicion. He was a life insurance salesman who became annoyed when George rejected his business. And he said, and this is in quotes, the house will go up in smoke and your children are going to be destroyed. That's what the insurance guy said. Mm-hmm. My god. But so more suspicious, evidence mounted up to suggest this was a case of arson. A telephone repairman inspected a hanging phone line that was connected to the house and um, asserted that it had been deliberately cut, which would require someone to climb a 4.3 mi- meter telegraph pole to reach a further 60 centimeters to reach the wire. In other words, it was. Really hard to get to, huh? Yeah. So, so not only did they dispatch two trucks, they mm-hmm.
0: took a ladder and tossed it in a ditch and climbed a huge yes. telephone
6: pole. I was just about to talk about the ladder. Okay. The ladder was found thrown in an embankment twenty meters from the house. And really? how far is twenty meters?
3: Twenty meters. Yeah. It's
6: three feet per
3: meter. Oh, so that's a so sixty. Sixty feet. Sense. 10 kids, though, they could play with a ladder. Just saying. True. We would but drag a ladder. <laughs> if there's a ladder, there's <laughs> a ladder to do tons just, of stuff. Yeah. When Those things are handy. Yeah.
6: But so, there actually, as the case started to get out there, there was actually a bus driver who serviced the route that passed the solder house and told the police he had seen a group of people throwing balls of fire at the house. Oh. What the hell? Mm-hmm. No, that was like hard the group of kids or mm-hmm. oh. No, no, not a group of kids, people. Like
3: balls like of fire. Like firework? Like the sound she was hearing hit yeah, the that's what around. I was just
6: about to say. Jenny Sauter recalled being woken by a thud on the roof and months later as the snow melted two year old Sylvia was playing in the yard when she found a hard green rubber ball. George Sauter had seen this before. It was a pineapple bomb. Oh, jeez. So they were deliberately attacked beforehand as well. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And so she found, um, as Jenny Sauter was actually sifting through the remains, she found kitchen appliances that kept their shape. Yet the family were told the fire department that the fire was hot enough to burn their children to a point where no bones remained. But appliances made it? That couldn't have been possible.
3: Maybe it depends on how much room, though, too. Like, one area burns more than the other one did. The heat does rise, and the higher... And if the house crumbles, the kitchen could have burnt, but not as badly as another room, or not as hot as another room. She
6: actually contacted a local crematorium about it to inquire about this, and was told a two-hour fire burning at 1,100 degrees Celsius would still leave human bones intact. Wow. Ooh, so my question is,
3: I wonder if they Gave the police enough time before bulldozing the house to actually look for the remains. Yeah, and and because like if he got right on the bulldozer, that would when make it. And he
0: did get on the bulldozer, like how did they find that they found all this stuff underneath what he bulldozed away?
6: Well, the thing is, they would have been able to still thoroughly search the soil. They would have sifted yeah. through everything. They still before. would have been able to find. Yeah, would have still stuff. been able to find at least one piece of evidence which gotcha. they never did. So, after all that happened, there were reportedly sightings of the children <gasps> outside of the house. They were actually... Like that night? That night, a woman claimed to have actually witnessed the fire and saw the children in a passing car. Oh. So, how many total children are gone? Five. Five. And five are got out. Yes. Okay. Whoa. But so, the five are then... Then so, the,
0: so I had like eight siblings growing up, but there is a chance, like we would have been dumb enough to set up like four of them up in an attic and right. set up a fire and like we would have been like, haha, we're going to move the ladder, we're going to turn these trucks off, like is there anything pointing to the siblings?
6: No, there's right? nothing, they had no idea about it because one of the older siblings, she's 17, the oldest sister, actually put the younger ones to bed. And she was the one that made sure that they were all in bed. And that was, um, but then they decided to stay up. So the older siblings were the ones that got out of the house and they yeah. wouldn't have done that. Besides the two year old Sylvia. She also got mm-hmm. out of the house because of her parents got hurt. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it was the younger children that oh. actually were in the attic. That ones so that would most likely think of doing something like that. Okay. so. So where does this go? Do we ever find them? No. There are a lot of sightings though. They The parents actually got sent a letter, a picture of a man that they suspected was one of their children grown up. Whoa. But so the mom and the dad, they both passed away before even being able to know if their children oh were still gosh. alive or not. The, um, George died beforehand and how old was he um he died in 1969 i don't it doesn't so say about exactly 20 years later yeah, yeah about 20 years later and jenny actually after that she actually dressed in black for the remainder of her life Aww. she didn't wear anything else So would i I can't, I can't even imagine she spent her life tending to the memorial garden at the site of the fire and she died in 1989 Oh,
3: but she lived a
6: long
3: time.
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow.
3: Just not knowing. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: awful. Okay, let's all speculate.
3: What do we think? Where do we think the kids know, are? Do we think they're alive? A little bit. On the flip side, I wondered about the parents because they got right in there with the bulldozer. Like, hey, we have yeah. too many kids. Let's. Yeah, that's decrease kind of those a questionable. Thing. You know what I mean? Yeah.
6: Yeah, that's questionable. I don't know.
0: But in, did they know but that there was only
6: one fireman on duty? But they also suspected that the father was involved in the mafia. That something oh, that, happened our there. Answer. that answers
3: all. Everything. <laughs> everything. <laughs> that it all. We know it all now.
6: But they said that he had some very bad people coming after him. Whoa. So that explains it all,
3: right there. We know it. <laughs> <laughs> they threw green balls. At the green the house. balls at the house and just yeah.
0: All right, well, that one's insane. So,
3: all right, I guys. I feel so bad for that mama. To, uh, oh, that's well, horrible. Poor though.
0: mama. So. Oh. Okay, guys, well, we are done with time. So, thanks for coming. We'll talk to you later. Bye. 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 Hi, guys. This is Christina's Crazy Corner. And today we have a newbie. I'm super excited. She is all the way from Florida. Her name is Tiff. How are you, Tiff?
3: Good. How is it?
0: You sound so happy.
3: It's so cute. I love it. I love it. I'm
0: so excited. And we also have Susie. Hi, guys. And of course, we have Tyler J. Hi. Okay, Ty, what do we got for today? not
3: a happy hi. Hi. Enthusiasm. Hi. That's better. Got this.
6: Okay, so today we're going to be talking about some of the craziest cat facts that you probably don't know. Cat facts.
3: Ooh, I just watched a documentary. I know everything. I did too. Oh. On Netflix. Yes. Same.
0: <laughs> what is it? Is, is the info from the documentary?
6: No, it's up? from uh, Animal so Health. Don't... Okay. Okay. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. So, unlike dogs, cats don't have a sweet tooth. This could be due to a mutation and a key taste receptor.
0: Okay, so are we talking literally a tooth or are we talking like wine sweet.
6: sweets? Sweets like candy. They don't really? like sweets, honey. Huh? So, so if like you sweets? put
0: like chocolate down, they're not gonna go for it. No, they're not. No, they
1: never do. Huh, that's <laughs> a <laughs> <one>. <laughs> you've <tried. laughs> They never that's do. I've had
3: cats and they never go for the treats, but the dogs do. I have had a cat go do. for treats. Oh, you have. Lemmy thinks he's a dog. Like so. sweet treats? Yeah. Like yes. cookies? Like or the kids' candy? Wow.
6: Oh. Yeah, he never goes for it that. all. Yeah. yeah. He had a mutation But he also likes
3: rides in the car and he yeah. thinks he's
6: a dog. He's a dog. He is he's a crazy dog.
3: He's I a crazy he's... cat. But most of them know, huh? He's a dog in a cat's body. That's how he feels. <laughs> this
6: is how he identifies. <laughs> okay, what's next? All right, so on average, cats spend two-thirds of every day sleeping and use one-third of their awake time cleaning themselves.
0: So all they do is sleep and clean? That sounds awful. Well,
6: the, that's only one third of their wake time. The two thirds of their wake time, they do whatever.
0: Oh, no! Two thirds of their time is spent sleeping.
6: So two how many cats every does day everyone here and have? And use one third of their awake time. Ah, one okay, third of their okay. awake time. How many cats does everyone have?
0: One. We one. Okay. What about and you, you Sue?
3: Four. So we have four lady. as well. Yes, I'm not the only four. one. Four. Yes. So that means if one third, how how long do they sleep? No. So they sleep for two thirds of their day. Oh my gosh, that is insane. Mine sleeps for more. She's seventeen. Oh, <laughs> oh understandable. So she
6: just sleeps at this point. Yeah. I'm seventeen too. I sleep a
3: lot. <laughs> yeah. It's a teenager and an old cat thing. Exactly. Yeah. That's so. Funny. You guys want to get it? <laughs> so Miley is our old cat, and she sleeps a lot too. And she spends the rest of her time knocking over drinks. That's her Excellent. Yeah. Your
6: cats have—they have, some they have crazy, talents. yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. Next one. The technical term for a hairball is a bizor. A, a bizor, like in Harry Potter. Bizor.
0: Bizor. Bizor. B e
6: z o a r. Bizor.
0: I like that better than hairball. Yeah, I like that too. Yeah. Go get your bizor and get it out
6: of here. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Okay. The next one, a group of cats is called a clowder. Hmm. Clowder? This
3: was not on the documentary. <laughs> Who came up with that one? Clowder? Look, there's a clowder. bunch of cats over there. It's clouder. <laughs> yeah. It's clouder right there. It's like
6: a cloudy day,
3: but with cats. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: Gosh. <laughs> clowder. Right. Next one. Cats can be left pod or right pod. Female oh. cats tend to be right pod, while male cats are usually left pod. Interestingly, left-handed humans also tend to be male. Oh that's interesting. Okay, so I got a couple things.
0: One, like why do they need to be right or left-handed?
6: Because like if they know. start jumping they
3: put one paw up first. Well, when they knock over cups, they gotta have a dominant one. <laughs> <Yeah>, that. <they're not.
0: laughs> okay and then um, I've always thought it was really weird that me and all my sisters married guys with left hand that are left-handed.
3: Wow. all, and all our brothers Wait, are right-handed are... Wow. oh wow
0: all of our husbands are left-handed
3: wow. so huh. isn't left-hand kind of rare I, I guess, guess I don't not. know a lot of left-handed people
0: she maybe said more gonna... men are left-handed well still rare, maybe it's still rare yeah good call huh good <laughs> call okay keep going
6: <laughs> cats make about a hundred different sounds while dogs make up a- only about 10 are cats smarter? We'll I think get to they that. are. They basically... I
0: think they
3: feel like they're smarter, they just don't care.
0: They can take care of themselves. Like, what are humans for?
3: Yeah.
6: Just
0: to put the food in a bowl. Yeah. That's yeah.
6: it. We'll get to that part. Okay. But the next one actually is it. a cat's brain is biologically more similar to a human brain than it is to a dog's. Cats are smarter. Both humans and cats have identical regions in their brains that are responsible for emotions. Whoa! So your cat like can get feels sad. sad or happy. They can get depression. Yeah, that's actually. Mm. Let me gets angry. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah.
0: So does Dusky Boy. Dusky's ah! He went through a phase, but he's like grown out of it now, and now he's like old man Dusky. Well, mm. no,
6: he still gets pissed off if I move wrong.
3: Well, yeah. Don't move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's wrong. your Be fault. When I'm
6: on these long trips.
3: She does. Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh. And then they are they like retaliate. They'll start peeing everywhere, and they're... <laughs> yeah. She just expects a lot of love when I get home. Like, we that's had dogs cute. come over, and all of a sudden, everyone peed all over the house because they weren't happy about it. So. Yeah. And you have dogs as well. Yeah, it yeah, just that's wasn't the funny our part. Yeah. They're particular, for sure.
6: Yeah. Okay, T. Right. The oldest pet cat was found in a 9,500-year-old grave on the Mediterranean island of Cyprus. Contrary to popular cat facts, this predates Egyptian pet cats by 4,000 years. That
3: was on the documentary.
6: What?
3: They've been around a lot longer than we thought. As a pet, right? Uh huh.
4: Huh. It was buried with
3: someone. They said they found one in someone's grave, like with them. Oh my gosh! Why were they digging this person up? I don't know. It's a whole nother topic. Just leave them alone.
6: (laughs) My goodness. (laughs)
3: I found okay. a cat mummy.
6: <laughs> yeah. All right. Cats are, cats are North America's most popular pets. Cats oh, outnumber really? dogs 73 million to 63 million. Wow. Only 30% of North American homes have a cat. Hmm. Wow. I think wow. cats are kind of easier because you don't have to walk them. You don't yeah. have to, you know what I
3: mean? You feed They're them and they do their thing. It's just, it seems like I could totally see do that. I do not like cats though. Cats, you know? Not well. You nice don't. Well, I know.
0: You don't have to clean them. We'll you don't have to groom them. them most of the time. If you have like, yeah, a long-haired cat, right. then that's just a nightmare.
3: Yeah. 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 Then they're you nice. just have to shave them in the summer. Yeah. So I think they're essentially easier, <laughs> they in are my easier, opinion. But, but I thought this is, that society people, they were dogs or cats, but yeah, that's very interesting. <sighs> yeah, Very interesting.
0: Don't listen, Moose. You're gonna just be <laughs> sad.
3: Okay. We
6: love our puppies. We too. prefer you. <laughs>
2: Okay, Ty.
6: All right. Some cats have survived falls over 65 feet. Their eyes and balance organs in the inner ear help cats to right themselves in midair and land on their feet. Yeah.
0: Their eyes
3: and ears? Mm hmm. Wow. That's pretty freaking cool. And, and so they can like flip midair, just land on their feet. Yep. <sighs> yep. And a little boy threw a cat out of the St. Augustine Lighthouse. Are you serious? Yeah. What? There's a fun Florida fact. <laughs> did, did this Did the cat, cat survive? Live? Um, I can't remember. I think, was like, it your it was, little boy? No, it was okay. years and years ago in the lighthouse. was an operation. I'm just one of the stories when you got in it. That little brother got mad at the little sister and threw the cat off it. What, what did the cat do? And I think the cat lived. <gasps> if I remember right, the cat lived. I certainly oh hope so. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
0: And he could come back with his other eight lives and terrorize the little boy. And did the child of. get a time
3: out? Like okay. in the 1800s. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah.
6: Wow. Wow. Dang. Okay, T.
3: Alright.
6: The oldest cat to give birth did oh. so at age 30 with two no. kittens. No wow.
3: Way. A cat can live to be 30 years old. Yeah. A house cat. Is that cat yeah. years or is that like 30 human years? Human years. years. Human human years. years. Um, cat years. Were, there is a cat years thing. What type of cat lives to be 30 years? I'm very concerned all of a sudden. Um, a, a, a you well... don't want your cat to live that long, do you? <laughs> Let's be honest. Oh my gosh, you're horrible. <laughs> Tiff wants her cat to die. No, I don't. What's your
0: she cat's doesn't. name?
3: Meowser. Hey, meowser. Meowser. Don't let her feed you anymore. Okay. Okay, I got to tell a fun side story. No. It's awesome. Okay, she says no. Okay, she thought it was the end of time for her cat, and she took it in and to have her put down. And they were like, no, she's a spring chicken. She's good. She's fine. So I think she just thought she was getting there and then she wasn't. Well, okay. And then you're a preemptive killer. Yeah, maybe.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Watch out, Nate.
3: (laughs) No, but she's so old. She's like, she thought she was old. We had a carpet and the cats are going in every single room. Okay. Okay, And I had another cat that happened to and she ended up having cancer and we had to put her down. So I thought. So we she were just prepared herself, two. kind of, okay. and took her She'd in, this, and they're like, "No, she's, she's good. She just doesn't like she by the my new house." house. Every night. Yeah, right not to make it pillow. sound like she was doing it on purpose, but they were like, "No, she's fine. She's young. She's gonna live forever. She actually likes." Yeah, might. I just never thought thirty. Yeah,
0: I just like thinking you were doing it on purpose.
3: Because <laughs> <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, no, I actually love her a lot, and yeah. she's a really good kitty. When she's not going in on your brand new carpet, brand new house. No one had lived there before. Brand new. Oh, oh, so it wasn't cancer, it was just cat attitude. Yeah. She was making she everybody angry. know this is my house. Yeah, yes, we had to rip is, all the yeah. carpet out. We now have wood floors. Oh wow. But, but that's a good way to go anyways. It is. It is. Yeah, my gross. whole house is Carpet's wood disgusting. floor. How yeah. old is she? Your Seventeen. 18?
6: Seventeen.
3: Hmm. So oh, she's got a lot of years left.
6: Mm-hmm. Okay, T. Okay. So a female cat is called a queen or a Molly. Oh, that's cute. Queen Molly. Queen or a Molly. Yeah, but I, I want I want both. Queen Molly. Yeah. Okay. For
3: the win. Queen Mauser. Queen Mauser. Yes. yes. <laughs> that's
6: good. Yeah. All right. Cats are highly sensitive to vibrations and may be able to detect earthquake tremors 10 or 15 minutes before humans can. So if your cat oh. starts going
0: bananas, just you know. prepare. Yeah. get Get to safety.
3: Take okay. your cat with you. My cat's always bananas, though, so... Yeah. Mm.
5: True. All right.
6: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, <laughs> blonde or brown color change in Siamese kittens depends on their body temperature. Siamese cats carry albino genes that work at a body temperature above 98 degrees. Degrees. Degrees Fahrenheit. If these kittens are left in a very warm room, their, their prints won't darken, and they'll, they will still... They will stay a creamy white all over. Wow. wow! So you can kind
3: of determine their color, keeping them warm
6: mm-hmm. or cold. Wow.
3: Just freeze them for a couple weeks. <laughs> now who's the cat you killer? You got the darkest <laughs> cat you could ever have. And he's also, dead. Also, it's mummified in ice cubes. <laughs> yeah. but that's
6: fine. Oh my goodness! <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right. <laughs> like dogs, cats only sweat through their paws. Oh wow! I didn't no, I I know that. that about dogs. I didn't know that either. They sweat through their paws.
3: Huh. Huh. That's why they get so dirty. I <laughs> don't know. <laughs> makes me wonder because Lemmy runs around and sometimes he's wet, and I'm like, "Are you hot? Are you sweaty?" Maybe. What the heck is he getting into? Maybe his whole body, or just his paws? Like the back
6: of him. Oh yeah, he's into something.
3: Then. He's. Yeah. But they like the sink a lot, so. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, T. <laughs> All
6: right. With enough water, cats can tolerate temperatures up to 133 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. What?
3: No wonder my cat was okay when the AC died last week. Yeah. <laughs> you're dying, and, uh,
0: and the cat's <laughs> like, come on, calm down. This is nothing.
3: In Florida. No oh. AC. When primal. our AC died, the cats thought they were going to die. Oh, yours did? <clears throat> a couple years our ago, and sad. I walked in, and there was, like, a cat here <laughs> laying on its side. A cat here. I'm like, oh, my
6: gosh, they were so dramatic. <laughs> That's funny. Our fine. dogs were dramatic, but the cat was fine. Hmm. Huh. Okay, Ty. Right. A cat's nose pad has a unique pattern of ridges, just like a human fingerprint. Oh, wow. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Wow. You're like, one
0: of my cats got into my food. I need <laughs> a nose print
3: done. <laughs> nose
6: prints for all of you.
0: Yes, nose prints for all of you. <laughs> all right.
6: A cat has no collarbone, meaning it can fit through any opening smaller than its head. Oh, that's awesome! Mm-hmm. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. Smaller than its head? Yep.
3: Yeah. They just kind of wiggle through. That kind of explains a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think in that documentary they like did a circle of four inches, three inches, and they were trying to see, you know, how small they could fit through. It's insane. It doesn't look like they're gonna fit, and they just go
6: right through. Wow. That is right. crazy. A tower was built in Scotland for a cat named Towser in commemoration of her killing over 30,000 mice throughout her lifetime. I like the name Towser. I know that is really cute. I wonder how big the tower is.
3: It was four feet high. Yeah,
0: it's like a tiny cat (laughs) tower. It was
3: just perfect for her.
0: And it was built by a six year old at the beach.
3: All right, and she she
0: actually destroyed it the same day it was built. <laughs> yeah,
6: probably. But <laughs> how many mice? Snack. That's Three, a, thirty thousand. So who
3: counted it? <laughs> I don't know. How
6: accurate were they? I used to have top? a
3: cat that would bring them to the doorstep as gifts. Oh, and uh, yeah, Two. I can see counting.
6: Tyler, oh. I get one them today. all the time. Tyler gets bugs. I've gotten dead mouse too. So you yeah. have. I've gotten oh. birds. And, and gotten it's birds. gifts
3: like you have to be appreciative.
6: <clears throat> well, the thing is actually sometimes it can be guess or they think that you are unable to hunt, hunt so for they're yourself. trying <laughs> to teach you or they're hunting for oh. you yes. yeah all either this time my cat just thought i was an idiot yeah. either they yeah. think you're incapable of
0: hunting or they're thinking okay look i caught this thing now it's your turn
3: <laughs>
6: yeah Not right. this is going to be the last one yeah all right isaac newton invented the cat flop to stop his cat Spithead from opening the door to his dark room and running light sensitive experiments. Wow. Okay, wait. Okay. I need a repeat. Yeah. Okay. Isaac Newton invented the cat flap. Like the door flap thing. Yeah. Okay. okay. To stop Spithead. His cat Spithead from opening the door to his dark room and ruining light sensitive experiments. So the cat could come in, so, but it
1: wouldn't. Ru- yeah. But wouldn't okay, that still interrupt
6: a dark room? No. It, yeah. He made it to where you can lock it, I'm sure.
1: Well, I was thinking it was like, light oh, to Or, like, maybe
0: it. if the cat went in in the bottom. Yeah, it's going to show maybe very little light. And oh, that's
3: and so interesting.
0: So Who names your cat
3: Spithead? I
0: know. I know. What's I kinda up, like Isaac? It. I kind of <laughs> like it. Get over your Spithead. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to name my husband that from now
3: on. Spithead. <laughs> <laughs> M- Mike. Come on. Yeah. Sir, Mike Spithead.
0: Yeah. It works perfect. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well... Thank you for joining in, and we'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.